0: Very early on, this was one of the best advice, honestly. My CFO walked me to the side and said, Hey, Cynthia, you are oftentimes the subject matter expert in a lot of things. But in a large setting, in the meetings, we need to hear you. You need to show up more. From that day on, I said, okay, I need to force myself to voice an opinion in every meeting. Yeah. Let me tell you, it was hard. <laughs> that was One of the
1: best advice. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. First-hand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there. And plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria.
2: Hey, everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to The Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, Show your value and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Well, it is May, which means it is Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And I am super proud of my Filipino Hawaiian heritage. That's why on the Lead with Your Brand podcast, we are celebrating the month with our collection of amazing leaders, influencers, and professionals, all who just happen to be of Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage. And we're kicking Kicking off with an amazing old friend of mine, it is Cynthia Chu, who I met way back in the day when she was running finance for the Oxygen Network, and today is the Chief Financial and Growth Officer at audible. But before we get to Cynthia, I want to talk a little bit about why your brand matters. Now, recently I was speaking at a conference and someone came up to me and they were like, Jason, you know, I love everything you have to say, but I have to be honest, you know, does focusing on your brand really matter? I mean, isn't it just kind of dressing things up and trying to be inauthentic? And I said, absolutely not. The whole point of your brand is to be authentic. We don't want you to be someone that you're not. Instead, it's about figuring out who you are and bringing the best authentic you forward to the table. Now, here's the deal. There's a reason why big companies create brands for products and services, because quite frankly they help drive business and they can drive your business which is your career when you have a great brand it helps you expand your network when you are known for something when you are someone that is magnetic and attracts other people people want to put you out there people gravitate to you when they know what you stand for when they know the value you bring they come to you and they connect you to other people and here's the deal folks, it is just like that old saying, if a tree falls in the forest and no one saw it, did it really fall? The same thing is true with your career. Now, it also allows you to practice and test new skills and expertise. So when I think of Apple, which we all love, in fact, it's the number one brand that people tell me that they love, you know, Apple gained our trust because they were amazing at creating computers for, you know, 25 or 30 years. And you know what? We trusted their brand so much that when they decided that they wanted to get into music, no one batted an eyelash. In fact, we were all excited to see what they could do in music. And we ran out and bought iPods and listened to iTunes. And guess what? We helped Apple become the biggest music company in the world when really what their expertise was making computers. And then we did the same thing when they introduced the iPhone. We allowed them to be our trusted telephone provider, right? So think about that for your career. Your great brand allows people to trust you when you're trying out new things. So if you're looking to make a career switch, if you're looking to go to a different industry, your brand allows people to trust you, even in some areas when you don't have a proven track record. It also helps you build the... Those loyal relationships. And while, yes, you want to have a great network because it's all about quantity, at the end of the day, when people are endorsing you, it's about the quality of that relationship. And that quality of the relationship is part of the brand experience that you're providing. You want them to be able to articulate the value that you bring to their relationship so that others can hire you, bring you onto their team, or bring you in for consult and advisement. And at the end of the day, your great brand gets people to do more, contribute more, And pay you more. When you've got a great brand, you've got people lined up willing to help you. You've got people lined up trying to get your opinion. And here's the bottom line. Even though there's budgets and there's career bans at your organization, how much you are paid is a reflection of your brand and how much people think you are worth your pay, your discretionary bonus, that annual increase is all a perspective of the value that you bring against others in that pool. So that's why it's so important to focus on leading with your brand. And that's why I created the lead with your brand system. I'm super excited to have my old pal Cynthia Chu on. Cynthia is the chief financial officer and growth officer at Audible. Now she joined Audible back in 2015 as the chief financial officer. And last year she added oversight of marketing in addition to expanding her CFO role to be a growth officer. Now prior to Audible, she spent a long time at Comcast NBC Universal where she was the CFO for the usa network as well as the cfo for oxygen media in addition to several other finance roles now prior to that she worked at general electric where she earned a six sigma black belt qualification we'll be back in just a few moments with cynthia chu And we're back. I am super excited about my guest today. It is Cynthia Chu, the Chief Financial Officer and Growth Officer over at Audible. Cynthia, what's going on?
0: A uh, uh, lot is going on. And first of all, thank you for inviting me. I'm super excited to chat with you. It's been a while since our, since our old days, and uh, I'm super excited to just talk about anything that we want to talk about and share some of my insight um, as well.
2: Absolutely. So, Cynthia, first off, tell us what is hot happening and now at Audible?
0: Oh, there's a lot happening. I mean, the in general, um, as very aptly in the podcast space, as well as anything audio storytelling related, it's all about, you know, what we're here to do at Audible. Um, we're obviously, um, I would say that we're the category leader in um, the audio uh, storytelling space in particular, and so one of the things that we're really focused on is, um, doing a lot of, uh, originals and elevating the brand, um, using this, um, category defining content. Um, of course, as well as some of our bread and butter audiobook type of content, but it's really pushing the boundary into, you know, launching amazing slate of category defining audio experiences, if you will. So it's, yeah. it's a lot happening. And, uh, Globally, right? Um, We operate in 10 different marketplaces and we have ambition to grow more. Um, And it's really a, uh, it's an exciting time being, having witnessed, obviously experienced some of that on the visual TV and and cable side. Um, And now, you know, having spent the last six and a half years at Audible and, and experiencing and witnessing and participating and driving some of these in the audio space is, uh, super exciting.
2: Yeah. So Cynthia, I want to know how do you, when you first meet someone, how do you explain, uh, what it is that you do? Because I think many people have a sense of what a, a, a chief financial officer is, but you also have growth and marketing under you, which yes. is something super unique. Yes. So, so tell us about that. Um,
0: so, uh, when I meet people, my elevator spe- speech, if you will, is, yeah. um, because of my finance domain background, I often think that uh, being the chief financial officer I'm probably one of the most cross-functional leaders in yeah. any company that I work with and at audible I've just been fortunate enough to give them the chance to be in, be involved and driving a lot of different things and most recently uh, or I guess about a year ago officially taking over, the uh, oversight of marketing team. And it's really thinking about how do we utilize marketing as a discipline, um, but really as a growth tool, if you will. Mm. Um, So that's, that's kind of what I do the growth part of my title, if you will. Um, But at the end of the day, um, I think of myself as uh, the dot connector.
2: Ooh, I love that.
0: The dot connector at at Audible and how do we ultimately grow the business? Um, And, you know, rooted in numbers and and business sense, but um, really, you know, I view myself as the thought connector.
2: Yeah, so Cynthia, talk to me a little bit as you look back over your career, Mm -hmm. what have been some of those big uh, career breakthroughs for you that helped get you where you are today?
0: Yeah, uh, that's a very good question. I would say that oftentimes when I get this question about, hey, what's your planning? How did you plan your career? I would have to say, I never really have a concrete plan. Wow. Uh, I remember, you know, when I first started out um, after college and and thinking through my career. In fact, I actually majored in double major in finance and marketing, and I just happened to choose <laughs> it finance. All comes so it's full, full, full circle. circle, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right, right? But I, I chose down the route of the uh, data and, and, and analytics that really resonate with me because I'm innate as a person. I like to problem solve. I, yeah. I view. Um, and I like to build things and see how things get built. Um, so I think from that standpoint, um, that's kind of how I started my career. And throughout my path, I've often time view not a set path, but where I think I can contribute and where I can learn and build toolkit is kind of how I, I see it. And so from a story, you know, just anecdotally, um, when I was at NBC, I, um, you know, started out in the local media uh, division, uh, own and operated station. And I was um, fortunate enough to be the finance person that support the news and programming yeah. uh, 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 person at the um, own and operated station cor- headquarter. And my next role that came along, I didn't even think that I would be qualified in doing that. Um, but it was back in the days when digital media was a thing that came out. This was like, whatever,
2: (laughs) 18. Before digital was everything. Before digital
0: was everything. Um, Why is that even a question? And it was like, hey, is that a fact? Um, And so like my, I remember my CFO at the time asked me, hey, we had this new digital media um, uh, leaders that we hired. We need someone in the finance side to help him figure out everything out as a business from the metrics, from like, how do we measure the business? And so I went to that and it was like in the guise of building my toolkit. And then my next job was um, in support. And and I honestly didn't even think that, haven't been in that job for, I think, 10 months. um, My CFO asked me, hey, um, the sales and and revenue person, uh, the finance person just left. We need somebody who is a finance person to go and support the sales leader of the group. Um, and at the time, I was like, that was one of my dream jobs. So, like building toolkits to where I want to go. Yeah. Um, and so I accepted that. So, like long way of saying, a lot of the I wouldn't say big breakthrough moment, but it's moment of where am I? Where am I going to um, continue to build tool, like build out my skill set uh, and round out my experiences. Uh, accumulating to, I think I would say my biggest breakthrough is honestly, uh, when NBC back in 2007 bought oxygen Media yeah. as a cable channel and they needed someone to obviously on the finance side to go in and be, you know, integrating them back, uh, you know, into the NBC universal family. And, uh, I, at the time, again, I was in the sales, uh, and revenue, um, uh, finance job. And I was actually only in that job for 18 months. I was still learning a lot. I was, you know, having a really good time learning from all my sales leaders, if yeah. you will, and learning pricing and all that. And um, my, again, my CFO said, "Hey, this opportunity came up. You might want to think about it." And at the time, I was like, "I didn't think that I would be qualified for that ever." At that time, right? Like that yeah. would be something that I want to I want to work towards. Um, and it's just, uh, she said, "Sew your hat and the, you know, your name in the hat." And that's kind of how it came about. So I would say that if you ask me the long way of answering your question, the biggest <laughs> breakthrough is probably, you know, I never thought that I would be uh, qualified. So, in a sense, is a um, something that I've been uh, giving advice to up-and-comers. Anybody who wants to hear my two cents of my advice is, yeah, you're never going to be ready for something. You, there's always going to be a first time in anything. Right. So, uh, you just have to be okay to be a little bit uncomfortable and that's okay.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. And so Cynthia, I know that's where we met when you were in that CFO yes. role over at, right. Oxygen, right? at Oxygen, right? You were doing yes. all of that great strategy yes. for those uh those bad girls' club, bad girls and club. all of the, the classic spelling.
0: Uh, spelling. <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: <laughs> right. So all of the, the good old days of, yes. of of classic classic oxygen. Talk to me about what was the biggest shift you needed to make as a leader stepping into that role of like, uh Now I have, I have the title. Now I'm in control of, you know, the finance for this business and advising on like a huge acquisition.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a very good question. I think what I learned from that moment is um, learning. I am not the expert in all of that, right? I had to learn a lot. uh, And also that was my first role in the cable division. Because I, I, at the time, before I joined uh, Oxygen, I was on the broadcast side. Yeah. Learning a lot about broadcast and, and single revenue stream. It's all advertising based. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's very different. I should say it's, it's more complex, if you will. Um, cause there is the affiliate side and the, the distribution side and then there's the yeah. ad sales side. So what I had to do. And also at the same time, it, went, it was my first time essentially leading an integration of a business into NBC Universal. Yeah. Um and I remember it was um it was a lot of uh rolling up my sleeves. I think, you know, even though I was the head of the group at the time, I got to be digging into it as much as my team members. And in in this case, most of my team member at the time when I first started integrating oxygen was oxygen team
2: members. Yeah.
0: That also just got onboarded to NBCU. They were like, okay, like getting sucked into a different bigger <laughs> corporate culture. I mean, you know that, Jason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it was, it was a lot of listening. It was a lot of learning. And I think um my approach in my career has been that I'm not the expert and I should be there to listen to who, you know, folks that have been in those jobs for a long time and not be hubris in thinking that I know everything, because I don't. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so talk to me, Cynthia, when you made that big jump six years ago over to Audible, yes. that was now a whole new place that you yes, hadn't that, necessarily played before.
0: Yes, that is, um, honestly, um, it was a big jump because um, I had built up my um, so-called equity within NBC Universal. I was a bit of a known factor within NBC Universal with leadership team and, and whatnot. I have certain exposure. Um, obviously, USA Network being... Um, I don't know now, but at the time, still one of the biggest, you know, single P&L contributor from a bottom line standpoint, yeah. right? Uh, and, and so, uh, and it comes with a lot of responsibility and visibility. So, uh, and knowing the, uh, the more, more importantly is the people that I know, right? i work with a lot of great folks um, that, you know, many of them are either still in NBCU or, or already gone uh, or move on to uh, other things and better things. But it's just, it was hard for me because I spent 12 years Overall at MBCU in three different, you know, uh, division, if you will. Yeah. And so, uh, it was a big change. And at the time, um, I've always really wanted to, uh, I enjoy being in the media business. Yeah. In the content creation business, even though I'm not a content creator, but as a, as a functional leader, I, I do enjoy doing that because I think at the end of the day, as a consumer, I can relate to that. Yeah. I wasn't naive that to think that I would forever spend my whole career with one company, although NBCU is a big company and there's many different, uh, many different uh, prongs that you can go into. Um, and so when Audible came along and, and, and came and recruited me, in fact, Don Katz um, and his team came, um, at the time, I really wanted to learn something new in the sense that I want to jump into um, working for a company that has, uh, it's a really good marriage between content and technology and I want to learn something new in the sense of like, how do I, if I were to work in a native digital mm-hmm. technology company, what would that be? What would that look like? What What yeah. are the new skill set that I need to learn? So it kind of comes back to the theme of learning different new skill set to build out uh, my experiences. And that's really what drove me to that, because at the time, um, compared to the obviously the comfort being with NBCU, knowing <laughs> knowing the people that I know and the equity that I built up, um, it was a big. It was it was a I would say it was a five months journey. Yeah. Until I made the courage to say, "Okay, <laughs> I will join," and I had to go and tell Chris McCumber, the, my <laughs> my boss and president at the time at USA. Yo. It was hard.
1: It was yeah. hard.
2: It's like leaving, it's like leaving home in some cases, right? It's totally
0: leaving home because that's where, um, you know, I, uh, that's where I did a lot of my early leadership development and in in my um, professional formative years, if you will, after GE. yeah. Yeah,
2: And so tell me, so in that five-month journey, like what did Don Katz say to you that that um, you were like, I'm yeah, going, yeah, yeah, I'm no. ready, to, uh, and, I'm and jumping. Don forestry. is a
0: very persuasive person, by the way. And um, I think it's a combination. There's obviously the enigma to work for a founder. Yeah. And I, it, it's an inspiration. Um, he founded the company. This is, this, uh, Audible is his second career. He was a journalist at heart by trade, right? Yeah. For the first part of his career. And then he founded Audible, um, and had grew the company to the size that it was even, well, fast forward six years is, is, is completely even different. But even six and a half, seven years ago, when I first started a conversation with Don and the team, um, it was pretty impressive, right? Yeah. And to, um, and I think what most drove me to um, the Audible uh, uh, opportunity is his passion. Yeah. And not just him, it's the the leadership at the time that I met with. Um, everybody's passion about how Audible can um, mean a lot more than just a commercial success, but it's the it's the um, it's the uh, uh, impact that we can have in customers' lives. Yeah, and I have to say, look, I love all the entertainment. I love all the things that we we did at uh, or or I was participated in and were part of at NBCU. But I did, never felt like watching Bad Girls Club or Suits or going to, you know, it's great entertainment. Yeah. Um, Great escapism and whatnot. But I don't know if I would per se say that's like enriching folks' lives or being able to inspire and all of that. But that's what we have at Audible. And that really is a distinction beyond all of the being a digital company and all that good stuff, right? Um, yeah. It's really the impact that Audible really can have in a customer's lives from a content angle. So like that really, quite frankly, um, what drove me to that opportunity or this opportunity. And I never look back. It's, it's, it's definitely one of the hardest decisions, but also in hindsight, um, I would make the same decision 10 times mm-hmm. over.
2: So Cynthia, tell me a little bit, when you were a little kid, what did you want to be when you, were, when oh, you grew up?
0: Yes. Uh, okay. Um, I actually thought that I would grow up to be a lawyer.
2: Oh, really?
0: Yes. I thought that, I, well, well, I grew up in Hong Kong. Yeah. So as a, you know, any, uh, and and I am, I immigrated to this country. My parents are still, well, my dad passed away, but my mom is still in Hong Kong. So like Chinese culture, I always thought that I would be a lawyer and it's because of my dad, my father, <laughs> he was not a lawyer, but he um, is a uh, highly, he, he he's just a, was a very much a uh, student of anything literature language and 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 all of that and so um studying law he did that on his own just for fun he would take classes and whatnot what? so fair yeah um very young my dad used to read the uh, dictionary for fun <laughs> um, because English wasn't his first language so like that was how he learned all of the vocabulary and and all of that so anyway so so it was actually i thought i would be a lawyer so when i first came to the u.s for university um i thought that i was gonna go pre-law yeah and then uh very soon i i uncovered my um i don't think that reading a lot of uh boring uh paragraphs and understanding all of the uh, all of that is really my strongest suits and I discovered that um, solving problem in a numeric sense mm. um, is more my thing. That's why I went into business and finance and 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 whatnot. So, like I thought I would be a lawyer, and in fact, I have to say uh, this must have been. I was still with NBCU. Um, I was in a juncture about probably twelve or fifteen years ago, thinking about should I go get my executive MBA meaning my uh, yeah. uh, additional uh, higher education. And I actually took the L set because I was at one point thinking that I'm, maybe I should just go and go for law school and Exactly. See how it goes. And I did. <laughs> and, okay. And I made the mistake of this was um, during budgetary season. I don't know why I did that. I don't ask me why I did that. To torture but,
2: um, yourself. Apparently. To
0: basically torture myself. And I was also very uh, hubris in thinking, oh, I can just do it in a month, study it in a month. <laughs> That's why I'm not all the way.
2: <laughs> and then of course early in your career you were part of the the GE financial world right corporate yes, audit yes, staff going yes. all over the place in the the good old days of GE what was yes. that like
0: Um that was um again I would only I would do it again now but um I uh did that for two and a half years he essentially lived out of my suitcase traveling the world on the company's dime Beyond the experiences of traveling the world, it was great in the sense that I get exposure to many different businesses. At the time, GE was much bigger; they have many different, um, different industries. <laughs> yeah, it was so like I'd,
2: a number Fortune one or two or three organization <laughs> each year back then, right?
0: Exactly. So, um, so I got to really again, like talking about learning and experiencing different leadership styles as well as industry. Um, that gave me the opportunity I, and I, I really I, I was fortunate enough to have audits in Mexico in, uh, in all over Europe, in uh, Japan, in uh, Beijing. I lived in Beijing for four months uh, and and I had audited or been exposed to um, businesses ranging from aircraft engine to capital, financial services business to um, medical system, just all sorts of different business. And the final one that got me exposed to the entertainment industry is the, it was the Vivendi, NBC and Universal deal. I was on the, I I actually spent uh, five months in LA. I was on the due diligence team of the film business. Yeah. And uh, that was fascinating. And I never looked back. I was like, I gotta go to that business. And I was (laughs) fortunate enough Fortunate enough that the um, the uh, the film uh, finance integration leader was at the time the CFO for um, the own and operator station group at NBC, and so when I decided to stop basically going on with like more traveling in my life at that time, um, she was like, "Come work for me." And I'm like, yes, please, <laughs> sign me up.
2: Exactly. You're like, no more aircraft engines, right? <laughs> yeah, like
0: and, and and you mean I don't have to go? and Because I was also living in New York City at the time. It was my home base, and I didn't want to go to Stanford to, you know, do the reverse commute oh, to like, yeah. Connecticut. I mean. no. No, so, no, no, no. Th- I mean, thirty walk Stanford.
2: <laughs> exactly. Now, Cynthia, talk to me a little bit about your brand as an executive. Give yeah. me three words that you would use to describe your brand as a leader.
0: Yes. Um, authenticity. Mm. Um, lead. Lead by example. I know it's not really. It's it's a phrase. <laughs>
2: yeah that's okay. It's your lead brand by
0: exa- lead by example and um and uh, my trust is given. you don't have to earn it mm-hmm. but you can lose it
2: oh wow so so talk to me a little bit about that trust piece and how does that show up for you as part yeah. of your brand
0: um i i am I, I tend to be uh because i appreciate um openness and transparency um i'm very transparent in the sense that i want to set the right expectation um and um i've worked for leaders and and this is some things that i've learned over the years right like i've worked for leaders that like you have to really earn your trust meaning you start zero base when you work for somebody new or when you go into a new job i very early on um have uh, and i've worked for leader that like the, the relationship is like starting from a good place and then, you know, it's for the person to lose it. Yeah. I tend to use that. Yeah. It's just my, um, I guess, personal upbringing or not. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I actually is a personal faith. So I, I tend to want to be um, having that mutual expectation and respect. And so I think you don't have to, my trust is given as an employee, but doesn't mean that i'm going to be blindly trusting you forever and yeah. you know it's it's um i'll give you opportunity because i think everybody you know we're, we're human beings. like right? mistake or whatnot can be i make mistake all the time yeah and, and so um but if you consistently do that um then you can lose my trust mm. and uh, and then i will be fair but like from a trust standpoint i tend to be more of a um i start from here and then you can go down
2: yeah. Now talk to me a little bit about authenticity, right? Because people talk about that all of the time, but what does authenticity look like on you, Cynthia?
0: Um, I would say uh, I start with listening. I think uh, sometimes when people say they're authentic, they are, um, they are still very inward and they're not like listening to the other side. I, and, mm. and that's how I learn, quite frankly, um. Uh, uh, sorry. Um, so about a year ago, when I uh, when my CEO asked me, "Hey, our last um, CMO left the company, decided to pursue something else," and he asked me, "Hey, would you step in and 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 you know take oversight of the marketing team in the U.S. marketplace?" And with the mindset of working with the head of international, she was also relatively new in her role at the time. Um, to really build out and how do we look at marketing function. Holistically, globally, yeah, modernize it, find ways to scale it up, find ways to make it a lot, you know, building a world class marketing organization, because I did that for finance, for um, data and analytic and, and data science um, in my tenure in Audible. So I said, great, I, I will do that. But I'm not a marketer. <laughs> by trade, <laughs> even though I went to school for that, but I'm not an expert, right? So I think yeah. from an authenticity standpoint, I was, um, this, the story here is that I, from the get-go, when I did onboarding with the marketing team, that the team that I inherited, I told them, I'm going to be asking a lot of questions,
1: mm.
0: particularly in a time in this juncture whereby we were all still virtual at the time, even though right now we're opening up back up the business and we're going back in, but- So I was very, um, I set the expectation very early on and tell them that I'm going to be asking a lot of questions when you're going through onboarding with me. That doesn't mean that I'm questioning the efficacy or the Mm. effectiveness of what you guys are doing. That's just genuinely the way that I learn. I have to ask questions. That's how I learn. Doesn't mean that I'm questioning what you guys are doing. So this is, when I say authenticity, I often kind of synonymize that as um, setting right expectation and transparency. Yeah. Because, look, I, I oftentimes tell my team and anybody that I, I might have many different, you know, you know, uh, power uh, superpower or traits or, you know, strengths or whatnot, not even superpower. That's like very humorous of me to say. <laughs> I cannot read minds. And I'm assuming that like in this virtual remote world, it's even more important to set expectation to be, you know, making sure that. So I, I said that from the get go. And that I, I view that as maybe, you know, a manifestation of how I see being authentic and showing up authentically. Yeah. Authentically.
2: Yeah. Right. Um, So I love that. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. No. And then the other way that I think about it is, is that I would not do something that I won't do myself. I won't, Mm. I should say, I will not ask my team to do something that I won't do myself. So when I say I'm, I'm, I'm a leader that roll up my sleeve, doesn't mean that I'm going to micromanage. But it's it's thinking about like there are leaders that like to be at the back in a command and control way. Yeah, I tend to be in the front because I'm I'm going to battle if I'm doing something or if I'm going to be asking team members to say hey we gotta have some deadline in doing whatever. Um, particularly on a finance team, we as you know, like many times when we're doing budget and <laughs> when we're doing presentation, um, there are certain deadlines that we gotta do. I would be there if yeah. I'm if my team are gonna be in the office working till 9, 10, 11 p.m., I will be there. Because if I, if I can't do it myself, how can I ask my team to do it?
2: And that's really that lead by example piece that you're talking about, right? Yeah. So, exactly. so, Cynthia, you talk about being, right, you're really authentically inquisitive and transparent. You lead by example. You give out lots of trust. Are those kind of brand traits that you've always had, or are those things that have evolved over time as you've grown into this role?
0: I would definitely say evolution. Um, mm. I, I I, would, it would be, it would be remiss to say that I, I was born this way. I was definitely not born this <laughs> way. Um, and, and quite frankly, I think it's along the way I picked up traits that I admire from leaders or managers or even peers that I work with that I was like, oh, when I grow up, I want to be like that person.
1: Yeah. Or when I
0: grow, I do not want to be like that person. Mm. So it's really the exposure that I, I learn from observation experiences. Uh, I've certainly worked for leaders that are not that way. And I learned to make mental note in my brain that, (laughs) Hey, when I grow up, if I have the, you know, the, 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 uh, uh, pleasure or the, um, the ability to be at that level, um, I would not want to be that way. Mm. So it's, it's really by learning and evolution. And I, um, actually recently somebody was, I was in a, uh, in, in another chat with some uh, other, uh, mentees, the one thing that like I, um, what was the question? It was like basically pivots or things that I've learned and evolved as I kind of progress in my career. One thing I uh, become very clear to me is uh, turning from I to we. Mm. Because my success nowadays as a leader at this level, is really all about the success of the team. I don't yeah. do a lot of the things that I need to deliver or that I'm responsible for it's a team so like I tend to be like it's a we situation and I my job as a leader a lot of the times are unblocking roadblocks or helping my team to shine um it's it's takes a village it's not me it's really the team
2: yeah, and now Cynthia, I know we all receive feedback over our careers. What is maybe a time when you received some feedback that the way you were showing up or your 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 brand wasn't working for for people? How did yes. you handle um, that?
0: Uh, uh, thank you for asking that because that is one of the one thing that I always use this and, and it's a real example. I remember this was um, probably a little early on. I was working at uh, on an operator station, and my CFO. I am, maybe I seem chatty now and I'm extrovert. I'm innately an introvert. Mm. I don't like, I I like to process and then I will uh, express my opinion. And very early on, this was one of the best advice, honestly. My CFO walked me to the side and said, hey, Cynthia, you are oftentimes the subject matter expert in a lot of things. But in a large setting, in the meetings, we need to hear you. You need to show up more. From that day on I said okay I need to force myself to voice an opinion in every meeting Yeah let me tell you it was hard <laughs> that was one of the best advice and um that I took to heart to like do essentially
2: yeah, I love that you you talked about, right? You had to set that goal, right? You had yes. to set those baby steps and it was like going to the gym and now it's muscle memory.
0: Exactly. And and it was hard because like as a person, I, and I often give this as an advice to other people is, is that set, um, set baby step in the sense that don't think of it as a mountain that you need to climb. Think of it as steps that you need to climb. And yeah. in, in this case, that's what I did. I said, okay, every, every week when I go to a meeting, I forgot exactly like the, the cadence that I set for myself, but I start with small. I start with like less frequent. Then I increase that to be every meeting that I am involved in with like mm. large setting. Uh, particularly if there are executive and if the, the pres- president of the network group was there, like the more I need to show up and, have again, being going back to the authenticity. I'm not going to just say something because I want to say something because like we all know people that like to do that. That's just not me. Right. Like I, I still need to make sure that that is authentic to my own brand. Um, but that's what I did. And, um, honestly, it my it was from the beginning, uh, or at the beginning, it was really, um, it was awkward for me. And I mm. thought that, oh my goodness, am I going to show up as like too, 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 you know, um, too over the top. But in fact, it wasn't. It actually became quite popular. <laughs> um, and one of the other things that I actually asked was I actually asked my manager to observe me and give me real-time feedback.
2: Yeah. Because so it I was all about happening. that partnership, right? Exactly.
0: Exactly. And and the transparency and expectation. And I've been fortunate enough, I, I have to say, because like sometimes you don't get managers that are development oriented, but like the, the CFO that I worked for at the time, she was very willing and, and open to help me. And so, um, so now as a leader and as a manager, I often, it's a paying it forward. So, you know, I, I, I think real-time feedback is very important and I, this, this nugget of advice, um, and, and anecdote, I've given it to many people and I've actually, quite frankly, I know some people that actually did the same practice and actually work. It made me really happy that (laughs) I was able to help someone. Um, yeah, so.
2: So Cynthia, now that you are leading the marketing team mm-hmm. right and, and you're 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 thinking about marketing and branding for audible and using that as a way to grow, what are some things that you see your marketing team using as techniques that you think individuals could use to brand themselves and market themselves in their career
0: um One thing uh, and, and, and it comes back to authenticity is is that like we have to have substance as a brand. Yeah. We, internally, uh, as a brand and, and, and with Audible, we, um, we're a purpose driven company, right? Um, uh, our, our, founder and, 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 Don, um, very early on, uh, he, um, is very much into erasing the, uh, inequality in all sorts, right? So yeah. that's why whatever, I think 12 or 13 years ago, he moved our headquarter into Newark to be part of driving the urban revitalization. And so like long way of saying is, is that I think like the 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 product and the content needs to be there. And then from a marketing standpoint, that will make out that to me is a fundamental
1: because if you don't
0: have the goods, I can, the team from the marketing standpoint and from a branding standpoint can do all sorts of like maneuvering and putting lipstick on a pig, so to say. But if the if the fundamental of the product and the content is not there, it's gonna be very hard. Yeah. And then I think it's um it's as a brand we 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 think a lot about it is, is that um we got to walk the talk, right? From what the customer is paying us for to uh you know if we want to say that we're purpose driven, we gotta be walking the talk. Yeah, um, we can't just be saying like, oh, well, you know, the um, inequality. We're just like giving lip service. So we got to do all of that in all aspects of things that we do. Um, and um, I, I think those are the couple of things that like as a brand, as we think about how to, and because internally as, uh, at, at Audible, we're also going through some brand evolution as a company is how do we actually break beyond being known as an audiobook distributor to yeah. truly being a premium audio story creator? Which we are because yeah. we, we are bar none have deep expertise in audio storytelling production and the, the soundscape and the aesthetic of the experience of listening. Right. Uh, and so, um, how do we as a brand show up as such and, and have some fun, to be honest, which is the most fun part for me, quite frankly, is, <laughs> um, and leading a marketing team is, is that we got to have fun. We got to yeah. be loud and proud. I think, as a business and and not be muted um in, mm. in front of customers. So I think from a marketing team standpoint, a lot of that is rooted from one of our internally call people principle um, is be customer obsessed. I don't think yeah. any company would say that they're not customer focused, but very few would really truly be making decision from a customer point of view in uh, and making longer term decisions. So...
2: Yeah. So, so much good stuff there, right? I think that walking the talk piece is so core, right? We yeah. we can create our own brand, but if there's no substance behind it, that's exactly. just, that that's bad marketing, right? Yeah,
0: that's bad marketing. And it will only take you so far. And that's yeah. what I've learned as in the business, as in like personal leadership and personal brand. Yeah. Because um, if you don't have, don't have substance, I think people will see to it.
2: Personal yeah. Will see to it. Yeah.
0: Customer nowadays are very savvy.
2: (laughs) So Cynthia, a couple fun quick questions. We've been talking, uh, about your brand and the Audible brand. What brand are you obsessed with as a consumer? What can't you live without?
0: What can I live without? Um, okay. uh, Lately it's all about, um, bomba sauce. Oh, yeah.
2: Why are you, you know, loving them?
0: Because they're, A, very comfortable, and they find I love to wear these, like, no-show socks. They're <laughs> the only one so far that I bought that actually would be no-show and doesn't slip
2: I, I know exactly what you mean. Okay, so there's yeah, because half the time then, they still show, or they're down at your toes.
0: Exactly. So it's not really you know it's talking about substance and the quality of the product, um, and not to mention their philosophy as a as a corporation from purpose standpoint. Um, yeah. Little things like socks and having dry clean socks really makes a day. Of yeah.
1: Something.
0: So like just thinking about that. Um. So Bombas is uh, one that came to mind. Uh Yeah.
2: What now if if Cynthia Chu was a car what type of car would you be?
0: yeah Um hmm. It might be surprising but uh, I actually am a uh I like to drive very fast and Ooh. as my husband said that sometimes I'm crazy. Uh, I have, <laughs> I have unnecessary road rage sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Even though, as my husband would say, uh, sometimes I drive and we drive, you know, a automatic car, like 99% of American, uh, but I drive like I'm driving a six shift, even though I don't know how to drive a six shift. So, well, <laughs> yeah. so I, w- I would say it's a sports car.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're fast and, uh, yes.
0: I, I, I'm, um, as I grow older, I think I grew a little bit in less and less patient. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: um, faster more high velocity uh thing so i i would say uh if i'm a sports car i think i, I if i'm a car i would be a sports car mm. any sort of sports car
2: yeah maybe and, a white
0: convertible mercedes no uh bmw ah
2: right. love it and cynthia finally what's the best career advice that you'd like to pass on to our listeners
0: um let's see i think th- th- there's a few but if i were to sum it up is um be okay, you're never gonna be ready for 100% for something in your next mm. step. But I would approach it as you are you building skill set and or experiences that are going to enrich you as well as are you contributing to whatever you're working on? It can be anything. Um, and I think the minute that you don't, um, you gotta think through and 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 have also a personal board of director, that you can, it can be your friends, it can be your mom, it can be your cousins, it can be, basically, you need to have a tribe. And I have been fortunate that I have a tribe of, you know, a small group of people, including my husband, that I can talk to in bumping up against like, hey, if something happened, big or small decision at work. Um, But, you know, really um be, be it's okay to not have a set path. And I've learned, particularly in the last six years at Audible, that I would never, when I joined Audible, I was hired to do finance. And, you know, two weeks later, my uh, my founder and CEO said, um, I need you to go and, you know, um, consolidate all of the analytics and data science team. I, I mean, like, what, what do you mean data science? But, okay, I'll figure it out. Um, and then fast forward to last year, uh, I was asked to like, hey, like, let's take a, use the skill set that you built. Um, and and lead the marketing team so like I, I, there's no set path um and but but i I would say one thing that I've uh, learned is is that I treat it as a am i building skill set am i contributing
2: mm. Wise words. Well, Cynthia, it was so great to have you on the show. Thank you for bringing your inquisitive, transparent authenticity and leading by example. And thank you for trusting me to uh, to be one of your first podcast episodes.
0: And I, um, I, I, w- I couldn't have done a better, uh, been on a better podcast host. It would be my inaugural podcast.
2: Woohoo. Well, thank you, Cynthia. And I'll thank talk to you. you later.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
2: and we'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts
1: are you tired of not being recognized for your work are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level
2: Wow. I just loved reconnecting with Cynthia. She has so much great advice. The one thing that really stood out to me was the way that she handled receiving feedback. You know, I know so many times we receive feedback from folks that are, you know, you should be more like this or more like that. Or in Cynthia's case, you know, we need you to show up more in meetings or we need to have you show up. And we're always kind of puzzled at what does that mean? I love that Cynthia really peeled the onion there. She asked herself What does showing up look like? What are those individual actions and behaviors? And she was honest that those things were not natural to her and oftentimes made her scared and uncomfortable. But your lesson here is how do you make sure that you find those small things? What are those small goals that you can put in place where you can build that muscle memory that over time it becomes natural and ultimately becomes part of your brand? Well, that's our show for you today. If you liked what you heard, make sure that you hit follow on iTunes or wherever you're getting your podcasts, and we'll bring you a brand new show every single Tuesday. Feel free to check me out on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms, and make sure to connect with me on LinkedIn, where I share tons of tips and tricks on how you can lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. And most importantly of all, in your career, career do not be a boring old commodity like coffee make sure you are a super premium brand like starbucks
1: you've been listening to lead with your brand the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host personal branding expert diversity advocate and keynote speaker jason patria